At least 14 million people were displaced during the partition of Pakistan in India. 14 million people who were forced to leave behind their family, their friends, their connections and memories, as a line was drawn through a map by a man who hadn't been east of Paris before. In this episode, we speak to Sadia Gradezi, co-founder and Pakistan lead of Project Dastan, about preserving the memories of partition survivors through the use of storytelling and technology like VR. Welcome to episode 6 of More Than a Statistic, a podcast for our world too. Today we're joined by Sadia from Project Dastan, and thank you so much for joining us today. Just to start off, can you please just tell us a little bit about yourself and about the work you do? Yes, yeah, so I my name is Sadia. Uh, I work with Project Dastan. I'm one of the co-founders, um, and Project Dastan um, is a multimedia project that began with reconnecting partition witnesses to their ancestral homes using VR technology. Uh, and now we've um, uh, gone into making films about partition and migration. Um, so we have a, a VR immersive experience about partitions called Child of Empire that we've been touring around um, the UK, India, Pakistan. It's hopefully going to America and Australia soon. Um, and we have um, produced a series of shorts called The Lost Migrations, which we made in collaboration with studios in uh, India and Pakistani young artists from there, uh, which is three lesser known stories, fictionalized stories about uh, migration that are um, cross-regional across South Asia. Thank you. And just you mentioned Project Dastan, which is an incredible initiative, and I've actually watched the films you're speaking about, and it's so emotional and so thought-provoking. Can you please tell us a little bit more about how the idea for Project Dastan was first developed and how has it evolved since then? Yes, so we began, I think, around 2018. Um, and there's three of us, the Sam Dalrymple, Sparsha Huja, and myself. Um, and we were thinking about, you know, Sparsha's grandfather who migrated from India to Pakistan. Um, and the fact that it's so difficult now for him for him to travel, to get visas, to get permissions, to, to go there. Um, and, you know, this is a dying generation. There's very few people who actually witness partition that are left. Most of them are now were babies or children. Uh, so the memories also, we're, we're losing those uh, first-hand testimonies. Um, so we came up with kind of the crazy idea that, well, the easiest way to do it is to use VR technology um, and just, you know, transport him back using uh, uh, virtual reality. And then we're like, hey, uh, maybe we can actually do this um and you know sparsh always says that the the strange part is that something like this shouldn't exist it should be easy for people to you know go see their uh, homes and villages um but the sad reality of indian pakistan it is very difficult um it is a difficult journey to make um uh, these two countries have always been you know have animosity against each other the visa regimes keep changing um so there's no flow of people across the the border so we began by then interviewing people who had the desire to see their childhood homes. And then we had teams in India and Pakistan. And I am, for, for example, from the Pakistani side, uh, Sparsh and Sam were in India. Um, and I would kind of make the films about 
for, for people who, who migrated from Pakistan to India and kind of showed them their home. So we began with just using a 360 camera um, and taking 360 shots of, you know, whatever they they remember of the childhood, whether it's, you know, a mosque or a school or, I don't know, the open fields or the mountains that, that they remember. Um, we would just take 360 film um, and kind of take them on a bespoke tour of their hometown, their homes, if they still exist. Um, you find people that they may have known their, you know, uh, um, uh, generations, uh, two generations, three generations who, you know, uh, still remember the stories of their grandparents. So it began kind of this, this like, um, maybe, maybe to give them closure in a sense that, you know, where is your home and can we find your home and, and, and show it to you? So could we take you virtually, take you back uh, to your childhood home? So it began there now that, you know, after the pandemic, uh, we found that we lost some of our partition witnesses. They died, um, uh, and it's become more and more difficult to find those those people who you know because they were, as I said, they were children or babies. Uh, so then we kind of pivoted towards making films about like what else could we do? How do we keep kind of these stories um, alive about this this major world event? You know, um, um, and you know your podcast is made more than a statistic. I mean, the statistics are that you know uh, maybe a million people died and over fifteen million people migrated but beyond the statistics can we kind of preserve this these beautiful stories of of childhood of of eid of holy of joy of going to the mosque or the temple um and and what can we do with that that those stories thank you and it speaks volumes about the fact that people literally in another country that you can see from lahore you can see from across the border in india you can see in or you can even see your old house or village we need to use vr to connect them because of the visa regimes and that's so sad because those people were not responsible for the partition and talking a little bit more about storytelling why do you think storytelling is so important as a medium to raise awareness about events like partition um, I think for us, it was the fact that, you know, uh, partition and partition studies is, is a, is a very large field, uh, uh, especially in academia. And we, we, uh, we wanted to kind of bring out the archive and put it in front of people in, in, in an interesting way, uh, which is why our project focuses more on the storytelling part. Uh, some of our narratives, we fictionalize them and created animations because we want to kind of offer that to a younger generation. I also feel that I think every generation since 1947 um, has has kind of taken this this event and made art out of it, created literature out of it, um, and I think that that we wanted to explore what else we could do. I mean, we 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 are familiar with uh, Manto stories, you know, uh, we're familiar with some of the Urdu literature like Das Nasli on it. And, and, and of course, I mentioned the partition literature, which is like a lot of oral history as well as, you know, history from the top, the elite history. Um, but I, I think that exploring it in animation, uh, uh, whether 3D or virtual, uh, hasn't really been done. And, and I think it's the virtual reality film is kind of, there to create that empathy like if you are put in the migrant shoes how do you feel you know if you yourself are walking through through corpses or you know um, you had to hide what does that feel like so how close can we get the experience to you Um, sometimes it's uncomfortable of course but sometimes it's just something um, that just is so so new and strange to people uh three four generations later that it does create that conversation about empathy about you know uh, uh the other other side and you know what we know in india and pakistan as the enemy side um but actually they were just people trying to find their way 
uh, during very difficult time. Now, from my side, as someone who didn't really grow up in Pakistan or with a lot of knowledge about partition, I think what you're doing is absolutely incredible, especially by using storytelling, because a lot of the time when we learn about partition, it's so theoretical and it's just numbered and it's always cold, hard facts and it's never anything to do with the people or what they experienced and it's always shown as an us versus them kind of rhetoric and mentality. And I think it's absolutely incredible to see it from both sides because I didn't really hear any of those stories growing up until I moved to the UK and found people whose grandparents or even parents had crossed over from Pakistan to India because of the partition. And I think it's such an incredible thing, as you were saying, to build empathy and to build those connections with people who just wouldn't know otherwise. And especially amongst younger generations, as you move away from partition, like we're seven decades away now, and as that generation passes away, I think it's so important to hold on to the human part of partition. So it isn't turned into something ugly and used to support policies that continue to portray people as others. Through your work, have you seen a renewed interest amongst the younger generations in learning about partition? Um, I, I think, yes, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of times, especially, you know, we're sitting in the UK right now, the, the diaspora generation is um, uh, very interested in finding their roots, finding these stories, you know, this sense of belonging that they have to, to South Asian, what that looks like. So we, we've been very warmly received here in the UK. And I think in India and Pakistan as well, um, the, you know, the, the, the connection with the grandparents where you, we used to have grandparents that migrated. We're lo- we've lost that now. You know, that generation is gone. Uh, they've passed on. Um, so I, I feel that our generation and younger doesn't have that direct link now with 47. That there's no no one in their family um, that firsthand saw it. Like my, my grandmother, had, had my all my grandparents have, have, have died, the, the people who saw it. So I think like this type of project, this conversation kind of reintroduces that history to them and reintroduces in, in a way, as you said, it's not the official history. It's not what we read in the textbook. It's not that, you know, uh, patchy history that's different in India, different in Pakistan, different in Bangladesh. We kind of give this alternative version, which is kind of, hey, here's something, judge for yourself, because these are just oral testimonies, um, whether they're animated, whether it's 3D, whether it's, you know, whatever we're doing with, with those testimonies that, you know, this is a people's history. Um, and uh, is there is a place for empathy in, in our version of, of history? Or do we just, you know, uh, continue to talk about, you know, what Jinnah wanted or what Nehru actually wanted or, or, or was Gandhi actually right? Um, so beyond that, uh, let's look at the people that it impacted and, and what their perspectives might have been. And earlier you mentioned two films, two of which I've I've watched actually The Child of Empire and Lost Migrations. I just wanted to ask, have why did you decide to use VR? And then also how has this been received? I think VR was again, as I said, a way to create that empathy. Can we put put you in the shoes of the migrant? Like can can we send you on that journey yourself? Um uh, and it was as I said, it was just about that how how do we just make maximize uh, the empathy building impact uh, of our storytelling. Um, we did do a traditional animation as well because as lovely as the VR experience is, it's very expensive to create. Um, and obviously you need that investment in technology to actually even show it to people. So wherever we've gone, we'd have to take our own, you know, equipment, headsets, etc. So we then created these traditional animations as a kind of a complementary project so that, you know, anybody can uh, view view these films. So, um I think it's a yes partition we with the 
Channel of Empire goes over kind of the the main story that you heard that the, the India versus Pakistan and this crossing over the border. So there's one Hindu who's crossing and there's one uh, uh, a Muslim man that are crossing and you know their journey, their thoughts and experience, all based in actual real life testimony. So the the Indian story is based on Sparsha's grand father and the Pakistani story is based on this man called Iqbaluddin who traveled from uh, uh, Indian Punjab to uh, Lahore. Um, so we have that main story and then on, on the side we have uh, the traditional animations that are more the stories you may not have heard. Uh, one of them is based on what's hap- what happened to women, the vulnerability they felt um, and their kind of narratives. Um, one of them focuses on South India um, and what was happening because uh, there's also the creation of sea borders, which we forget that there's other communities that are disrupted by partition by World War II uh, across South, South um, India, Burma, uh, Bangladesh, now uh, Bengal. Um, and then we made one about um, bureaucracy and how how people can become stateless and what does that mean. So it's this absurd story of of somebody who act, this actually happened to someone and kind of taken to this absurd level of this man um, slowly becoming a piece of paper because of all the paperwork that is required uh, after 1947 to prove your identity and hopefully speaks to uh, today's uh, contemporary issues of uh, having paperwork, of new laws being passed in India about who gets to be an Indian citizen, etc. I'd just like to add to that definitely speaks to even the laws being passed in the UK right now around yeah. anti, anti-immigration, anti anti-refugee okay. bills, yeah. and just reducing people to deserving based on where they're from, yeah. and asking them to prove often impossible things, Absolutely. the paperwork I mean, they did not bring. Just the fact that citizenship is not a right, and it becomes a privilege. Uh, and I think we've been seeing that uh, in India, in Pakistan, uh, and across, you know, these, these post-colonial empire-based discussions of what what bureaucracy is and how those borders were created and how this paperwork passports are created to to kind of control people in maybe a, a form of s- structural violence maybe uh, on people who who don't have the right papers who can't prove you know their their parentage and it recreates the whole have and have not based on where you're from and your passport power and how much you have to go through to even get a visa it's ridiculous and just another question, and the people who did survive partition, how has your work been received by them? Because as far as I'm aware, there are not many initiatives who actually went out to collect stories from them. Yeah, I mean, for the people who survived, uh, most of the response was wonderful, especially for the people who invited us into their homes to for that VR experience and to create that those films for them. Uh, lovely response, and we often found that it was the 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 children who were so fascinated about the the whole experience that oh I'm standing in my I'm standing in my my papa's house for example one one uh, 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 the do- the daughter of someone just loved that that the idea that she could experience her ancestral uh, homes of of her parents uh, it's been wonderful but of course you know it, it's also it's also very bittersweet uh, people do break down uh, start crying people have when we've shown them child of empire which you've also seen people have had to take a, a few moments to collect themselves especially you know if it was their parents uh, experience or if, uh, a lot of people um, that came and if you know they were very close to the generation or were the generation that experienced partition uh, they didn't want to see the VR experience which we understood because it is a very um, emotional uh, emotionally charged film to see 
especially if you're you know if you have family history of that so there's also that aspect that you know we are we we don't want to reintroduce trauma to people who've who've been through a lot of this um so this is mainly a child of empire feels for younger generations and and maybe not for that generation it commemorates them uh but uh should should they actually see it um i think that that's a conversation that we've had to had with people who've come through um uh so it's been it's been very good but also bittersweet because these are these are very intense stories of of loss and grief and for many i assume even children or grandchildren partition survivors this might be the first time they're ever hearing these stories because while it's discussed in families i don't think it's ever discussed in the depth that interviews take the stories too and it's great to know that there's now more attention being paid to partition the events preceding it and the events that came after it and i think it's absolutely great and now i know it's not the most accurate representation but even miss marvel i think in one of the episodes went back and showed partition which is amazing that was maybe one of the first times that even pakistani diaspora or indian diaspora were introduced to the concept of partition and definitely the first time for many western audiences so many initiatives are coming out now to show what partition was and that it wasn't just an event that happened overnight because people hated each other there was so much more to it than that and from all the work you're doing in project dastan what would you like people to take away from it i think uh why we started doing that was you know the fact that i think there's just too much love lost between indians and pakistanis and um uh we we would love to have more conversations about who who we were together uh and what that means for us today um i mean uh, uh, both these countries and their politics have taken such terrible turns in in what what has happened to minority rights in india and pakistan that it's it's very sad to see that we haven't learned from from 1947 we haven't learned from 1971 and we are just waiting for another you know a uh, uh, year uh, where 40 years later you know somebody like you and me are having a similar conversation about like oh we're commemorating or we're animating so and so thing because you know this horrible thing happened once in the past so i think it's about learning that uh, there there's a lot of commonalities that we have uh it is a fact that we share a lot of common culture and it's very sad that we have let borders kind of and politics run off with uh the friendships and the connections we had you know our grandparents lived together they were friends so it's not to say that you know pakistan for example shouldn't exist or bangladesh shouldn't exist uh, every uh, people do have a right to self determination i feel but does it have to be like this you know does does an issue like kashmir have that's been dragging on for over 70 years have to be where it where it is right now and can we at least as people have have better conversations and and recognize that that hey we're just people it's not that it's not that they, you know there's there's enemy sitting on the border ready to kill us pakistanis and vice versa or actually people who can maybe have a conversation and talk about our shared past and and it's nothing to be ashamed of um and sadly is going to the direction where these conversations are becoming anti-national and it you know you if you start looking at partition critically you're being anti-national but uh, that's besides the point you know um, i think trauma is trauma uh, you, you know if you suddenly have to today leave your house um and you you're told you can't come back that that's you know a, a horrible thing to go through so can we just not recognize that 
countless people went through that regardless of who they became once they uh, uh became indian and pakistani uh so i think it's about that that conversation and just this recognition of of the other as as the self maybe definitely just that rehumanization of someone who's basically been portrayed as an other for as long as we can remember and that sense is definitely getting reproduced and solidified through the education system and even through popular culture in both countries not even in both countries it's all three countries and showing the people behind the statistics behind the labels and behind the headlines is very desperately needed across pakistan bangladesh and india whether it's to own up to historic crimes or to rehumanize and realize that there aren't many differences between us if we choose to look beyond labels and finally can you tell us what's coming up for project dastan and how our listeners can support your work I think we are still in kind of our we're touring the films and trying to get as many eyes on them as possible um so if if we are in your town or if you want us to visit just drop us an email and maybe we can plan something um so we are now just looking to figuring out you know what else we would like to say about partition or migration in general or uh, the post colonial state we are in today um i think there is also um a reckoning that has to be done with empire and in our case the british empire and what that meant for our lives um and and how that created these these countries so i think there's a uk based conversation also that has to happen is currently happening as well about you know the legacy of of empire and you know how it's created these various based diaspora communities here and and um just just uh, more thought to conversations about about race about our culture and, and you know our our ethnicities uh so i think one thing that we always stress is like talk to your grandparents it doesn't matter if you're indian or pakistani or not talk to your grandparents see what they have to say uh, because uh, we a, a lot of us do come from from migrating families and i think uh, partition speaks to the experiences of other people as well um whether it's it's um, i don't know palestine syria um all these new migrations that we're seeing um uh, and and you know partition is one of the biggest ones and also recognition that we need people here in the uk to recognize that that partition is not something that happened there in in india partition is british history uh you know uh, india was part of the british empire and we we rather than looking at this as global history or the history of asia this is british history and it should be in 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 the textbooks and it should be in in you know the the public memory it's not not an, the thing that happened out there and i think just making people realize that and see that um uh, it has been a uh, very difficult a very difficult conversation to have that you know this happened because you were there and that's why we are here a kind of a conversation thank you so much for sharing that and i will definitely be sharing all the links uh, to project dastan in your work in the description for the podcast but just kind of to add to that i think that's is absolutely incredible work. I think I mentioned this before that you do and I think it definitely speaks to a much even broader subject of uh, decolonizing yourself <laughs> because it teaches you about history that you might not have known and kind of pick up cues where you might have internalized something because of the hundreds of years that Pakistan, India, Bangladesh were colonized. And I think that is I'm looking forward to wherever Project Dastan goes next. Thank and you. I definitely recommend everyone should watch the films whether you have a interest in partition in migration displacement more generally because I think it will speak to a lot of different people. And I just want to 
Thank you once again, Sadia, for thanks, joining thanks us Thanks so today. much for having me on this lovely conversation. Um, and, and of course, the work you do is I've had a look at your podcast. It's like so, so good. Like I'm so happy to be here. Thank you.